Welcome to the Rock of Grace Cortland Campus Podcast, where we aim to lead people like you to follow Jesus together. We have a new podcast each week with a message that is prepared with you in mind. So here's this week's message. Good morning. Um, Pastor Dave made a statement when we were in pre-service prayer about how being a mom and preaching on Mother's Day is something he could never do, and something that I could do, so I'm a privilege to be here this morning. I am um, I am a mother, and I am also in the process of becoming a mother again, and you'll have to forgive me if my hormones are all over the place, because I'm about cried in that video, <laughs> um, and it might happen again. I'm not going to lie to you, but happy Mother's Day. It's a gift for me to be here with you today. If you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Randy Gwynn, and I have been at Rock of Grace for almost 10 years now. A lot of my story has been built around this church. Uh, my husband has been at Rock of Grace for even longer. Um, he was he went to youth group here as a, a teenager and so and went away for a bit and has come back and, and we actually met here. And so we serve here diligently. I came here as an assistant youth pastor um, and now I'm here just as a servant um, to do whatever the Lord has me do here and as with my husband, um, who's in the kids' room, and I'll talk about him more in a minute. But before I even go on, I want to just say that I'm praying for those in this place and, and watching online and even those that are not that struggle with Mother's Day, and this is actually a difficult Mother's Day or holiday for them. I know that for some of us like me, I'm in this season of I'm becoming a mom and am a mom and a new mom, and it's this great holiday. I get lots of presents and hugs and kisses and um, but I know that some of us are not there and we've lost our mom or, or we've lost the experience of becoming a mom. And so I just want you to know that we're praying for you. God is with you. He loves you and we love you. Um, and I'm, we're hoping that through this season that God works in your life um, and continues to build you up. So like I said, being a mom is one of the greatest honors that I have ever had. Um, and it's also one of the greatest callings the Lord has placed on my life. It's also been one of the most challenging. <laughs> um, it's an adventure, but not the kind of adventure that I thought I would be going on as like a 20-year-old person. Um, my adventure looks a little bit more like changing poopy diapers and potty training and four-year-olds that seem like they're teenagers. Um, that is an adventure every single day when I wake up. Uh, my four-year-old thinks that she is grown and in charge. And so that is something that I, I go on every day. It's like a roller coaster. And like I said, it's not the kind of roller coasters I thought I would be going on at this age, um, or not even my favorite kind of roller coasters, but it is a roller coaster. Um, they are such a blessing, though. And I wouldn't have it any other way but to be with them on a daily basis and serve the Lord by serving them. So... I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to speak, and I wanted to thank Pastor David for giving me this opportunity to speak in this sermon series that we're, we're going through in this month. Um, I feel like a little bit of an adult today, being with the grown-ups, because as you guys may not know, my husband and I have been serving in kids' ministry. Um, there's a need, and we are filling it, and that's what we like to do. And so it is not necessarily my number one calling, even though being a mom is, um, but we are learning so much. Husband is amazing. If you have not met my husband, um, Thad, he is just 
one of the greatest men, the greatest man probably I've ever met. And he just loves kids. He loves our kids and he loves your kids. And he is doing such a fantastic job. I just show up. Yes, let's give him applause. I show up and do what he tells me to do, and I love it. Um, it's really great. Um, so he is doing a great job. He's teaching them, and he's patient. He's kind. Um, he's a lot of the things that I struggle with, <laughs> and so he is so great. Um, I also just want to say that this month that we are preaching on the songs we sing, and so I do, I will in a minute have a, I've been in with the kids too long, guys, um, I have an object lesson. I have lots of fun things planned, but before we jump in, I'm going to just pray, and we will get started. So, Lord, we just thank you. God, we thank you for who you are. God, that you are the reason we are here. God, we are just privileged to be here, to, to hear your voice today. God, I just pray that you would... Um, use me, God, that you would speak through me, God, in spite of me, God, that, that you would use my voice and you would help me to be humble, God, that you would help me to, to move aside, and God, that you would just speak in such a strong way to us all today. God, we thank you for the privilege to gather and to praise you and to learn about you. In your name we pray. Amen. So I said we are, we are talking about the songs we sing the songs we sing and worship specifically, and why we worship at Rock of Grace, why we worship as a body, why we worship, you know, as a unit. And it's, it's such an interesting thing because sometimes we can just start singing songs. Um, we, we get up here, we sing, we stand, we sing, but even the kids, it's, it's been kind of fun to tell them why we sing because sometimes we can just know that we come to church, we sing, we listen to a message, you know, we go home. But there's purpose and there's reasons for all the things that we are doing. And there's purpose for all the songs that we're singing. I remember as a child, the first time I walked into a church that really worshiped the Lord. A little bit about me, my parents were first-generation Christians. Um, they got radically saved when I was little, about five. Uh, my dad had been saved prior, had wandered away from the Lord, had come back to the Lord, and so they were on fire for the Lord when I was about five years old, and we were uh, moving around. My dad was in the military. He decided to go to Bible school, so we moved to Springfield, Missouri, and we walked into a church there in Missouri, and it was probably one of the first spirit-filled, um, I mean, I mean spirit-filled churches that I had ever been into, and people were just standing. Their hands were raised. They were waving flags, and, and they were worshiping, but I'm not just talking, it wasn't just all the motions, but you could see their hearts, almost like you could visually see the hearts across the place. As a five-year-old, I remember just being shocked and excited and feeling like, you know what, this is what church is supposed to be like. My mom, she asked me after church how I liked it, and I said, I liked it a lot. We, we sang more than we listened to a pastor. It was great. And that was my ex one of my first encounters with real worship. And... I remember it still to this day, how it impacted me. You know, the Bible tells us a lot on why we worship. And sometimes we like to just get up here and sing the songs and we think it, you know, we like to sound good and look pretty and have the lights. And, but the Bible goes deeper and it talks about why we worship. And we've been covering it. Pastor David covered last week 
You know, that worship breaks chains in our life. It turns anxieties into rest. That's one of the reasons why we worship. Worship turns our anxieties into rest. It's amazing that God, who wants us to worship him, not just because he wants our worship, but because he knows it will transform our lives from the inside out. Worship is not just this thing that he, he commands us to do because he, he needs our worship or longs for our worship, but he knows that worshiping him will change who we are from the inside out. Worship turns our anxieties into rest, as Pastor Dave covered last week. I want to start out reading in Colossians um, Colossians 3. I'm actually going to read 3, 12 through 17. I don't have all of that up on the screen. I was going to read just one of the scriptures, but um, the Lord, as I was continuing to write my message, I felt like I was going to read more of a chunk of that. And before I dive into reading it, I just want to give us a little bit of background here on the verse. And it's believed that Colossians, or that Paul wrote Colossians in about 60 AD, give or take some time. And while he was imprisoned in Rome, under house arrest. Um, it was one of several that letters that he wrote. The Colossian people were not people from the church that he actually started, which I think is super interesting about this, this book. It's, it's not a church that was necessarily his church, but yet he talked to them as if they were his own. In the first two chapters, he greets them, encourages them, and challenges them to pursue Jesus, not just not to worship others, he challenges them not to add to the gospel and to strive to meet the standards that are added to it by others. He encourages them not to walk in the culture that's around them. So he spends the first two chapters pretty much combating disunity that's coming between things that are coming between them. He greets them and then he starts talking about those things. because things were tearing them apart. He encourages them not to walk like their culture around them, like I said, and then he also, in chapter 3, he starts by challenging them to walk in godliness. I want to start um, a little bit after chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Since God shows you to be holy people he loves, you must close yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. In other versions, it says unity. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. This is up on the screen, verse 16. Let the message about Christ in all of its riches fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So he, he combats things that are getting between them, and he, he sh encourages them to walk in godliness, and then he lays this out before them as, as ways to walk in godliness. 
One of my favorite verses is actually 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We are called to live in peace. We are called to live in unity, which brings me to what we're talking about today. Worship brings unity. Not just worship, though, God brings unity. Worship brings us into unity. It helps us walk into a place of unity. I want to read these definitions. Actually, Pastor Dave used these last week, and we're going to bring them back in today. Worship, the expression of reverence for God. And then reverence is deep respect. Those are how he defined worship as we continue to go on today. And then I want to define one more word as we, as we go forward. Unity, the state of being united or joined as a whole. Naturally, or by nature, we are different. We are not unified. So I want to do this real quick. This is an old syrup bottle, and it's really dirty, so I'm sorry about that. Um, So, like I said, we've been doing kids' church, so we've been doing lots of these fun object lessons. So this may not be up your alley at all. Um, I'm just going to move this because I know myself. Um, so we're going to put some oil. Like, naturally, we are so different. I should have someone else. Pastor Dave, will you be a part of my sermon this morning? Okay, so naturally, we're so different. We're things, we're like oil and vinegar. And this is not just, you know, this is not just like Christians and non-Christians. This is people in general. We are naturally very, very different. Um, I've seen, you can go ahead and add the um, vinegar. I can tell you that we're very different, not just from my life experience, but my life experience as a mom specifically. Um, My kids are night and day, all three of them. I don't know how three people can come from two humans and be so totally different, but they are so different. And I can tell that we're different too by just watching three children put together a puzzle. It's chaos. I mean, you have, you guys, you guys will know eventually. It is chaos. They, they're one's in charge, and the other one thinks they're in charge, and the other one's just trying to clean up the pieces while the other two are trying to do the puzzle, and they each know that what they're doing is the best way to do it. That's how we are as people. We are so very different. We have different ways of thinking, different ways of doing things. We are raised by different parents. We're like oil and vinegar. You know, we used this actually to talk about peace last month. Um, But then, so if we add oil and vinegar together, could you put that cap on for me? And then no matter how hard we shake the oil, I really appreciate you doing that, by the way. (laughs) I'm like, I can't pour at all. I didn't think that through. I should have brought a funnel. So no matter how hard we stir the oil and vinegar, no matter how hard we shake it, no matter how hard we try, I try for my two, my four-year-old and five-year-old to get along. I try real hard. They always tend to split. They always tend to separate, to be different. They can never quite be the same. But then, can I? Yeah. And then if, I hope you can open that now. If we open that up and we put, that would be something I would do. (laughs) Put a little bit of mustard in there. Have you guys ever made dressing before? Like any kind of dressing, homemade? Some of you. I have not actually. This Last month was the first time, and I actually, Thad and I were not daring enough to try it at home after we made it, to be quite frank. Um, that's probably okay. 
So we add a little bit of mustard in it. In this situation, the mustard signifies God. It's profound, I know. (laughs) The mustard signifies God. And the funny thing is, we didn't really talk about this in kids' church. It's actually something that I've really been thinking about. I've learned so much in kids' church, you guys. This object lesson has spoken to me. I, I don't know, the Holy Spirit, Lord, has used this object lesson to speak to me about so many different things. But it's funny because we add God into the mix, and yet we're still, we're still separate. We're still different. You know, and I've thought about this because I, I, we used it. But then the thing is that we didn't just add it, but we shook it up. That we shake up, when we actually shake it up, the mustard unites or combines the two. It acts like a glue, and it infuses the two. The funny thing is, if you let it sit long enough, it'll separate again. At first, then Thad and I were talking about this. I was like, this would make a horrible object lesson. I think I'm good. This would make a horrible object lesson. We're talking about how God unites us all, but then you let it sit and it separates. Like, what's that about? But the thing is, when you shake it up, it's like worship. When God enters into us, we're still different. But when we shake it up, it's like stirring God up inside of us together. It's us allowing him to unite us. So why do we need unity? One, because the Bible tells us that we need unified, and God is unity. God is himself a living, breathing example of unity. But as I read before in verse 14, it said, clothe yourself in love which binds you in perfect harmony or unity in other versions. We are called to be unified as a body of Christ. Paul was writing to them and encouraging them not to let things come between them, but he was pleading with them, be unified, be together. One of the reasons why we need unity is because we can't accomplish a common goal in disunity. It's impossible. Have you seen three-legged races? Like if they're not together walking in unity, they can't, they can't do it. They trip and they fall. It's like my kids doing a puzzle. Like it never gets done. I end, I end up having to go sit and finish the puzzle every time. Because you can't accomplish a common goal when you're not unified. You know, Rock of Grace has goals. I don't know if you guys know that. We're not just this building who comes here and opens our doors and have this time of worship and then someone preaches and you go home and cool. But this is a body that actually has goals that Pastor Jordan has prayed about. One of our goals is that we want to lead people to follow Jesus together. Another one is we want to transform Trumbull County. In the Bible, God lays out goals for the church himself. He says in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, he wants us to make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. We need unity to be able to do these goals. You know, Rock of Grace has strategies for their goals. I don't know if, if you know this, but some of the strategies are life group. You know, David Yu is one of the strategies. Um, Pastor Jordan's heart for foster care and the new FAM ministry. These are strategies that we have to transform Trumbull County or 
um, to lead people to follow Jesus together. You know, we don't just lay our goals out and then say, okay, hope we get there, but, but we've laid out strategies, and so has the Bible. You know, we're called to make disciples, like I just said. The Bible says that, but it, it doesn't just tell us to do that. It gives us strategies. One, it gives us the Holy Spirit to help us. Two, it tells us, you know, things that we can do our visit orphans and widows in James 1, 27. We can meet together and encourage one another. We can baptize people and teach them in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. God gives us strategies to accomplish the goals that he lays out before us as a church. So how do we do those things that the Bible tells us to do? You know, how do we make disciples? How do we grow the kingdom of God? Through unity. We can't do this alone. We need God to unite us. We are so different, and that's okay. It is okay to come in here and sit next to someone who is totally different than you and maybe sees life differently than you. It's okay to be friends and walk with someone who does things differently than you. A lot of times as a church or as Christians, we like to separate ourselves, and we like to just, you know, keep the oil with the oil. Keep the vinegar with the vinegar. But God says, you know what? I'm, I'm bigger than you being different. I'm bigger than oil and vinegar not being able to mix. He can unite us. He is the answer. We need unity and God is the answer. He's the mustard, like I said, he is what unites us, and worshiping him is like shaking the bottle. It's allowing him to stir us together. I love using the phrase, allowing him. You know, God is a gentleman. He's not going to just be like, you, and this is how I parent, you will be unified. That <laughs> Jeremiah laughs because he knows. <laughs> you will sit down and do this puzzle and I will oversee. That's not how God is. God is better than me. God is a gentleman. He walks in peace, and he allows us to let him come in and unify us. Allows him to stir us up together. Being naturally selfish beings we stand selflessly focused on him. It allows us to enter a place where, like Pastor David said last week, we can break chains in our lives, transforming us gradually. That's what worship can do for us. When we worship, we stir him into not just our individual hearts, but our corporate body allowing him to glue us together. We live in a world where so much comes between us. I don't even need to go into the list because you guys all know. We all know that there are so many things that separate us from our neighbors, from our family members. It's crazy because it's not just in the world, it's in the church too. There's so much that separates us. I remember going to a women, I, not a Rock of Grace thing, but a women's group a while back and, and being a part of a group of women who were kind of like one-upping each other with their churches. 
like, my church does this, and my church does that, and everyone needs to come to my church because my church is, you know, the bomb because the X, Y, and Z. The thing is that we are the body of Christ, and we are called to be unified. We are called to work as a unit, as a body. That's just the truth. <laughs> That's how I parent. I'm sorry. I'm preaching how I parent. That's just how it is. We are called to be unified. In this world where there's so much that gets between us, God doesn't want that. He wants us to be yummy dressing. You like that? How I threw that in there? He wants us to stop nitpicking and focusing on the specks in others' eyes, to stop living in a place of self and live for him, a life of worship to him. I was speaking to a mentor friend of mine this week. Um, I probably call him up like twice a year. (laughs) I apologize. Like the first thing I said was, I'm so sorry I call you when I just need something. (laughs) He's like, it's fine. Like that's what I'm here for. But I, I am also, I was like, I'm 20 weeks pregnant, 22 almost. I was like, I just cry all the time. <laughs> he, he's totally great. But he's a mentor friend of mine. And we were having this conversation about just life and what's happening in life and, and about the Lord. And I was telling him about what I'm preaching on and preaching on unity. And he was talking about um, how he was talking to me about how there's so many different ways. Even Pastor Dave talked about this and worship today, how, how we can worship the Lord, you know, and I like to, to talk about this to students at youth group and to the kids even, but we can worship God through our finances, through our time, we can worship God um, through the way we behave at work, through the way we treat each other, we can worship God playing guitars and, and all kinds of instruments, uh, my kids like to beat different furniture pieces and make lots of noise, like we can worship God with flags, we can worship God, there's so many ways we can live a life of worship, but there's something so powerful and so significant when we stand worshiping the Lord, singing the same song of praise to him. It unites us. There's something when we do that that's unlike other forms of worship in the way that it bonds and allows the Lord to bond us together. This is what he was telling me, and I'm like, you're so right. (laughs) Like, I'm crying while he's saying this. But it's so true that God, there's a way and there's a reason why we're called to sing songs and hymns. The Bible talks about it to the Lord. And a lot of times they're singing songs and hymns to the Lord in the process of being unified or as a result of being unified, as a result of shaking him into each other. They're singing songs and hymns. You know, for me, Worship has always been something that's compelling. That's like, wow, I want to be in that. I want to be a part of that. Even as a five-year-old, man, I was like, yeah, flags. Like, I was into it right off the bat. Some of us, it's not comfortable. Some of us, worship is awkward and odd and standing and singing and, and doing all the things. Sometimes it's a little bit awkward, and that's okay. That's part of who we are. But the thing is that, that God knows that it does bring unity that it does bring a part of him into us and stirs us together. There is a reason for it. It's not just this, this weird, quirky thing we do as a body, but there's a reason that he calls us to sing to him together. I have like this one of my favorite examples of what a body looks like walking in unity. And I want to read it now. It's in Acts, Acts 2. Um, 44 through 47, so it's quite a chunk, but I actually, um, I quote, I probably quoted this the last time I preached, 
I quote this quite frequently. It's just like my utopia vision of what it looks like or what it should look like when we're doing what we're called to do. And I, I, my heart cries out for this. I want to see this. I long to see this in our church. So I'm going to read, as a church, I'm going to read this. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they have. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generously, all while they praising God, and enjoyed the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I love that. I long for that. I think, I think our culture longs for that too. I think people are longing for this unity that only God can bring. People are tired of the disunity that's in this world. And you know what? We know the answer. We know that God is the answer. God is what unites us. But God is a gentleman. And we have to allow him to unite us. We are so, so very different. This can't just, we can't just wake up to this kind of world. That's not how it works. A key thing from this verse that I want to hit is that, and highlight this morning is that they worshiped together. Let's end this service towards allowing God to unite us, to stir us together, worshiping him as a body, as a unit. Let's allow him to transform us, connecting us together, and let's allow him to imprint his heart and kingdom goals on our heart together. You know, as one person, why don't we all stand wide close? As one person, we can make ripples. But when we're unified together, imagine what we can do. You know, the, the last part of that scripture, it talks about those that were added to their number daily. It is not about numbers at all, but it is about people who need to know the Lord. They need to come to the knowledge of the, of the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if the only way that they can do that is through us being unified and them seeing God in us, then we need to acknowledge that we need to walk for him and allow him to stir us together so that we can be examples of God's light. Let's end this time just praising him, singing together, allowing him to stir us together for what he has for us. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, who our God, who our God is greater. 
I just want to say one more thing. This unity doesn't always come easy. And I say, I preach this and say this from a place of I'm learning this, to be very frank and very honest. 
being unified is not something that just happens and and it's it's not something that we can personally just make happen we can't force unity that's that's something entirely different we need god we need god to be unified to get to that place God, we just thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that we have the the privilege to worship you, to sing songs together, to come and, and unite together. God, we thank you that we have this privilege where some do not. God, we are blessed. God, teach us this week. Mold us. Grow us. Give us wisdom to know what's right and the courage to do the right thing. God, help us to allow you to stir us. God, that we can walk towards you, that we can know you more, that we can grow in you. God, we just love you, God. You are so good. You are so worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our lives. God, you are gracious and kind and strong and powerful. And God, you are more than I can say. And we thank you for who you are. And we thank you for this time and this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for coming out and um, hearing, hearing us and uh, being with us. It is a privilege to be a part of this family. So thank you. Thanks for joining us. If this message impacted you or you would like to get in contact with us, you can visit us at www.rockofgrace.org. Also, be sure to share this message with a friend or subscribe so you never miss a message. God bless.